through the written word and through the spoken word may we behold the living word our saviour jesus christ our lord amen this morning i'm going to take you down into some deep valleys valleys of sin and despair but then back up to a mountain top experience of a wonderful view as to all the promises of god and his plan for the future and you will be in the company of St Paul as you go, so don't worry. But first of all, let's look at that New Testament reading from Romans that we had. Now then, brothers and sisters, we're in debt. Well, debt is a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing in our society. So many people um, are able to get a lot of credit and are unable to pay things back. I remember when I first got a bank account, aged 18, because I'd just got a job that paid me by direct bank transfer, uh, which was not so usual in those days. Um, my father took me into the bank, um, uh, his bank, and um, the manager um, looked me up and down and said, well, we can open an account for you, certainly. And I got a little talk on how to behave uh, with it, and was very much given the impression that if I went overdrawn, uh, the whole might of the banking system would descend upon me. Do not go overdrawn. Well, I didn't. But people do, and they can now get huge debts on credit cards and pay off that debt and the interest on it by taking out another credit card until it all mounts up. And then they have the availability of payday loans that are often at exorbitant costs of interest. And this leads to despair and depression and shame to be in debt. Certainly, I remember my parents and grandparents' viewpoint, it was a shameful thing to be in debt and to be avoided if at all possible. And of course it's the poor who suffer most in that way. And it's not just personal debt that we suffer from in our society, it's international debt as well. The Western nations seem to be prepared to lend vast sums of money to developing nations um, to provide infrastructure and to do good things with. But then so often what happens is that particular government is corrupt and the money is embezzled in some way or other. The government is then overthrown and a new government, a more honest government, comes in, but they find they've still got to pay the interest payments on the debt for the money that they've never had the use of. And often the interest payments on the debts that have been run up is a very huge proportion of their gross national product. So to a lot of important things don't get done in the country because they've got to service debt given by lenders who perhaps ought to have known better. It leaves countries in chains of debt and there was a Christian aid campaign some years back of, uh, of debt relief and the, there was a little badge that went with it which was a set of a little set of chains uh, to put on your lapel or on your breast somewhere to symbolise that you wanted the chains of debt removing from nations that had no chance um, of growing while they were shackled with it. Well, that's one load of despair there and going down, but we've also got global warming and climate disasters. And apparently, 
Greek islands on fire at the moment temperatures higher than it's ever been seen is there any hope to be had and St Paul says we're in debt well we're not in debt according to the flesh according to Paul not in debt to the flesh and that's rather similar if you like to the words in our gospel reading of the weeds that have been planted in the field with the wheat we're not in debt to the weeds in our life we're not in debt to the things we do that we didn't want to do we don't like doing um, that we wish we hadn't done we're not in debt to those things as St Paul would say the evil that I don't want to do that's what I do and the good that I do want to do I often don't do it no the weeds in our life do not control us ultimately that is where the debt is not because that debt has been paid once and for all by Christ on the cross paid forever unfortunately it means some of the weeds are still around with us and as Paul points out in this passage in Romans 8 that those who are Christians and are filled with the spirit of Christ will want to root out and remove certain weeds from their life and it's hard work and it's painful and it can involve suffering but don't we have a debt to God as well isn't there a debt to be paid there for all that has been done for us and I wonder whether Paul actually has in his mind as he talks further in this letter about the way debt was handled in the Roman Empire that if a person got into debt with another person say with a richer landowner and they were unable to pay their debt they could be taken effectively as the slave of that landowner but not a slave such as the slaves that Rome had that were people from nations they conquered this was a special sort of slave he couldn't be sold on or she couldn't be sold on by the landowner it had to be part of the landowner's estate and what's more they remained a citizen so it was a slave with privileges in a way and that was how the debt was repaid by that form of enslavement I shouldn't think it was a particularly pleasant experience and for some landowners might be gentler than others um, but that was, that was debt in the Roman Empire What Paul says here is that the way in which the debt that we are indebted with is sold, if you like, picks up that. Yes, but God doesn't enslave us. God actually makes us his children. God makes us part of his family. God makes us sons and daughters and therefore entitled to be part of the ultimate inheritance that is due to all of his family, to all the saints. So yes, it is a debt, but it's a debt that is paid by being in Christ. The words in Christ are frequently the way in which um, our status in God um, is, is, is referred to. Paul says there's evidence for all this as well, because that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God who shows us that we're children of God. So when we're actually sort of... a stuck as it were uh, dealing with the weeds in our life and we despair that we've we've gone and done it again you know sort of oh you know wretched person that i am oh heavenly father do deliver me
from this sin in that prayer that acknowledges that we are a child of God that we can come to him as father when we cry Abba Father that is the very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we're children of God and if children then heirs heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ and in fact if we suffer with him we will also be glorified with him there isn't an excuse from the suffering it's not a golden ticket to everything being, being wonderful and beautiful and problem free in life but it is a solution so our debt to God is dealt with our debt to God is covered by the security of being part of his family of being part of the inheritance of the, of the glory of God that we will share in, the, in, in that glory not glory for us but glory of the Father himself that is revealed to us and what's more there's another twist to it at the end because there's a very different sort of debt a responsibility that opens up at this point and we perhaps need to pause a little bit here and think now have you ever been on a walk? Have you ever been climbing up a hill, been in a situation where you're going from A to B and these are wonderful destinations and in getting there you don't pause to look at the scenery on the way. And it's as if in the letter to the Romans St Paul is saying, look, in Romans chapter 5 we've talked about the wonderful peace uh, that is available to the children of God. We've talked about how this occurs and the sacrifice that's been made for us and how there is now no longer any condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus and how that is going to work out in our Christian life and actually how, how God's great plan for his Jewish people will work out. And we go galloping on through uh, all of that and we don't stop to have a look as if when we've climbed a wonderful hill we don't pause at the top to take in the view because actually the view is important as well the view of God's creation round about the view the view of the grandeur of God as Gerard Manley Hopkins poem talks about the world is charged with the grandeur of God it will flame out like shining from shook foil and we, we fail to sort of to take that in and stop and look because all of that creation there that we are looking at is waiting with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. We owe a responsibility to creation. It's there on tiptoe. You know how sometimes you're waiting to see somebody, a, a beloved visitor. You're waiting as a child to see a beloved grandma who's going to be walking down the street to see you and you're so anxious and you're looking out of the window maybe and you're bouncing up and down on your toes to sort of um, just waiting to see her or you're sort of on the railway platform waiting to, uh, to meet somebody who you love and have not seen for some time you might remember in the film The Railway Children how at the end Bobby is there on that railway platform because of course trains are so fundamental to the railway children and there as the steam clears there's a figure appears out of the steam and it's her father come back and having, having been if you like on tiptoe waiting for it she now bursts down the platform to wrap herself around him that's the expression that's, that Paul is using in this passage 
that creation is in eager expectation, standing on tiptoes to see the children of God come into the glory that they're meant to be able to, uh, to share in. Which means that our planet is not an optional extra. Which means that salvation is not simply taking us out of this world and going to some wonderful place. But it's, not, it's certainly not sort of going and sitting on a cloud and playing a harp forever. Personally, I think that would be absolutely appalling and it has no uh, uh, attraction to me at all. No, it's, it's transforming us into what we should be. It's transforming creation into what it should be. And this is actually where Paul points out something which is so easy to overlook in the, the wonderful sort of um, progression of thought and joy that runs through Romans. That it's not all about us. It's not all about me. It's not all about you. It's not all about my salvation. And it's certainly not all about somebody else's damnation. It's actually about the redeeming of the whole of creation. That all of creation will be redeemed. That all of creation will be transformed. And we're waiting for the redemption of our bodies, as Paul says. And that's what the Holy Spirit is groaning in us for. Waiting for that redemption which will come. And creation is waiting as well to see us get there because they, creation cannot move, cannot be what it's supposed to be until we are what we are supposed to be. All the things that go wrong so much in creation, so many of them are due to what human beings have done. God's plan is for a new creation made out of this old creation. That is what the kingdom of heaven, that is what the ultimate inheritance will be. That is what we're called to be. We're called to wait in patience that the universe is part of God's plan, that it's been made futile by our weeds that we planted largely that grow there. It's been going to be redeemed by the redemption of our bodies and the evidence for all of that is the work of the Holy Spirit in us having us cry out in pain and suffering and frustration sometimes, Oh, Father, deliver me. Help me. Wait with patience, for it is our hope. We're going to sing in a minute that worship song, Abba, Father, let me be yours and yours alone. Amen.